The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this why I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you. I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens. So that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. If you're wondering why, why there's a vine growing out of our center aisle here, if you notice this. Well, before you came in, we, we literally just finished the wedding before you came in here. Was that, it worked pretty well. They just left, and then you guys started showing up. So, it was, uh, so this place was, was packed, and it was, it was always a beautiful thing. It's one of the great joys as priests to celebrate your weddings. It was, it was beautiful. And so, so, again, it was a joyous occasion. And the couple, they're originally from kind of like the, the Roseville area, but they came up here because they love this, this beautiful place. And their reception is at the 20-mile house. It's a beautiful place as well. But for every married couple that I, that I have the privilege of officiating at, I always send the couple a questionnaire to prepare for the homily because I always try to personalize it. And so it's a simple questionnaire. It's, it's basically, I ask the bride and the groom, why are you marrying this person? Why? What are some of your favorite memories of, of your relationship? And what's this hilarious? Again, the beauty of how God creates men and women so differently. So I want to show you the responses of, of the bride. So I, so I sent her the questionnaire. She sent me back a page and a half of why she's marrying Michael, huh? a page and a half. This is her email. She said it like three in the morning, like two nights ago. So my gosh, a page and a half. And then when I sent it to the groom, this is what he sent back. This little paragraph right here, this, this little paragraph. <laughs> it's the same thing. If you remember in the story, if you were president last weekend, how when I sent out that mass text to parishioners about what, if God can answer your deepest prayer, what would your prayer be? And the, the women responses came back, just long text messages. And then the men were, were one, two sentences. <laughs> Again, we're, this is how God designed us. We're, we tend to be quick and to the point <laughs> as men, more practical. 
But it was a beautiful story. I asked, why are you marrying each other? Nissa, the bride, said this. Mike is a true knight in shining armor. He is the most loving and caring man. The love I have for him is beyond words. I have never felt so safe and so loved. He is so smart and handsome. <laughs> and she goes on and on. Typical stuff, beautiful stuff. Michael as well responded, For the first time I saw her, I, know, I felt I needed to know her. So they met at a nutrition class at San Jose State. And so nutrition class, especially when you go into class, especially as young men, you're, you're always keeping an eye out for the ladies, right? And so, and so he sees this beautiful lady across the room and says, ah, just smitten by her beauty. And it says, uh, you know, in class, sometimes you break up into small groups, right? And so immediately when they broke up the small groups, he gets up and whoosh, beelines it towards her. And just says, I kind of be part of your group. And you know, that, that's, that's our men, you know, that's our technique, our strategy to worm our way into their lives, right? And in this case, it worked. <laughs> but it was beautiful. One of the consistent themes that I've preached to all of you over the years was ever made for relationship. Never forget that. It will unlock everything. That we are made for relationship. We're not made for more money, more power, more honor, or more pleasure. We're not made for those things. Even those, those things are amazing. Again, achieve, get big houses, nice cars. There's nothing wrong with those things. But where we go wrong is that we make those the priority of our lives in, in, sacrifice, in sacrifice of our other relationships. I mean, we all fall into that trap. You know, when I announced, for those of you guys who were present at Mass last weekend, you heard the sad news that I am being reassigned by the end of next month. And I've been moved by the outpouring of affection from you. And it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. My heart is broken. And I'm not just saying that to sound poetic. This past week has felt like a funeral, <laughs> to be honest. And why is that? Because again, ask yourself, what are we made for? Relationship. And so whenever somebody that we care about leaves... There's no wonder that our hearts break. But it's not just with priests, is it? If you think about it, all of our relationships that we are privileged to have, if you think about it, one of the frustrating things about relationships, and I was telling this to Mike and Nissa just earlier, all of our relationships will break our heart. All of them will. Even though this flowery language which I just read to you, oh, it's all beautiful, absolutely, and it's all real. Yes, Mike may be a handsome and smart and he's a knight in shining armor, but guess what? He's going to break her heart. 
Same thing with Nyssa. She's going to break his heart. And God willing, they're going to have kids too. Oh, parents in here. (laughs) Your kids break your heart. I break my parents' heart. (laughs) We have another, you know, now now we're in the graduation season, aren't we? Many of your children, your grandchildren are, are graduating from high school or college. And it's a great thing. One of our one of our teens is, is a senior year and he's graduating and he's he had to choose between three colleges. You know, you applied to different colleges. He applied to UC Davis, applied to UNR, and then he applied to South Carolina State. <laughs> and amazingly he got into all three of them. He's gonna study atmospheric science. He's gonna be a weatherman. <laughs> he loves tornadoes. And so when he chose to go to South Carolina State, he broke his parents' hearts. But they didn't want to show it because they don't want to make him feel bad. They want to, as parents, you know how it is. Even though you love your children, there comes a point in your lives where you say, all right, go out now into the world. Do you remember that when he said goodbye to your children, your first child? Your heart broke, didn't it? Especially mothers in here. Oh, the feminine courage. As men, it's hard for us to appreciate because you, you, you have a unique relationship with your children because you carry, the, you carry us in your bodies for nine months. And there's a unique bond between mother and child. And then you raise them up, try to be strong men and women. And then you have to come to a point where you say, all right, I love you. And I'm going to send you out into a dangerous world. Because you know what's going to happen when they leave that front door of your house. They're going to get hurt. No matter what we do, the world is dangerous. We are made for relationship. Jesus continues for the series of readings for the past couple weeks. We've had these gospel readings from John's gospel. And for the past couple weeks, the context was, was that it's after the Last Supper. And so Jesus knows what's going to happen after the Last Supper. He's going to get arrested. Remember that. He's going to get betrayed by Judas. Remember from last Sunday's reading where it said, and Judas got up and left. And we all know where he was going. He's going to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of measly silver. And the whole series now of, of the words out of Christ's mouth is preparing his disciples for what's about to transpire. And our Lord now says, mindful that he's about to leave them physically, he says, if you love me, keep my words. What what are you talking about there? He says, if you love me, you will do as I command. For if you do not love me, you do not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Huh. Now, our Lord now adds a new dimension. Because he says he's about to leave them. And so he says, I'm about to leave you. And I want you to follow what I've commanded you for the last three years. What I've been teaching you. Because my words that you've heard uttered out of my mouth is actually not my words. It's the Father's words. And he says, the Father's words will be reminded... You'll be reminded of them when now the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Huh, another new dimension. 
It says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all that I have told you. Here, as they're about to endure the most horrific act where Christ will be tortured and killed, Christ reveals the Holy Trinity. Why? Again, what are we created for? Relationship. What is God? Relationship. Father, Son, and the love between them, the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. The Trinity is relational. And then, so our Lord now says, says, I'm about to leave you. I'm about to die. But guess what? All of you now who are baptized, guess what you have? You and I have the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit is love incarnate right there. And so he was saying, in this life, on this earth, where all of our relationships will break our hearts, because everybody that we love will leave us. I know that's a hard reality, but that's a real reality, isn't it? You think about it, everybody that we love will leave us. Whether they go off to, across the United States to go to school, I mean, they're not really leaving, but in some sense they are. But eventually we all know the end. All of us will die one day. But that's not the end of our story, is it? Why? Because of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that now dwells within us. Do you see why every Christian, in the, especially in the early church, the martyrs, they went singing to their death because they appreciated this. In this life, there will always be turmoil and struggle and trials. All of us will be beaten. All of us will be scarred from the pain of this life. Ah, but the Christian keeps going forward because you and I have the power of the Holy Spirit given to us by Christ. And whoever has the Holy Spirit now has the love of the Trinity. That is why we cry when we leave. But it's always that pain that we endure is a reminder, ah, I'm not meant for here. When your loved ones die, when I leave you, when your children leave you, when your spouses die, when they leave or go sick, remember, ah, this pain, ah, but I'm not meant for here, I'm meant for heaven. The pain is supposed to create a longing for eternity with life with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I am going away, and I will come back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father. And now I have told you this before it happens. So that when it happens, you may believe.